We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is January 20th, 2016. Wow, I need to change my show notes. I'm DJ Trainer, as always, joined by Josh Hayes on Wednesday. You can hear him laughing in the background. You can find Josh on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. You can find me at TrainerDJ. Of course, like always, those two Twitter handles will be in the show notes. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You can also find it on rotowire.com, and you can stream it directly from the website josh my man four games last night in the nba in the association we're gonna Mm -hmm. go over them and then you know last week we were short on time and we just kind of did a free-flowing podcast so we're gonna go over these box scores and then we're just gonna you know just kind of challenge each other with some random topics that we haven't even gone over yet sound good yeah yeah i'm i think we should rap battle you know and that's that's what yeah, you would destroy me. I have a feeling that you would be great at rap. Like yo, the show Yo Mama, I bet you would have crushed on that show. 
No, I have no rap skills whatsoever. I just wanted to see where you would go with that. Um, uh, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do have a burning question that I need to take care of just sort of off the top of the show. Let's do okay. it. I, I have right. no idea what you're going to ask me right now. <laughs> okay. So um, as we know, Marcin Cortat made his triumphant return after being out a few games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I left him in my lineup a few games too long in my season-long league. He's on the bench now, thank goodness. But he was a little. He did. He did his thing while Cortat was out. So that's all. All good and fine. I am considering cutting him, but I don't have anybody good to pick up. So right now he's on my Wait, roster. Real quick, you. I think you said Gortat twice. So who's the second oh, player here? Oh, sorry, Nene Hilario. Sorry, oh. the, the the fill-in, right? Yes. So the since he's on my team. Okay. Well, my current team name, by the way, is Mr. Belvedere. Okay. You are you Start familiar from with scratch? The- yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, unless you're talking, isn't there like some kind of alcohol that's Belvedere or something? Belvedere. Like that? It's not related to alcohol. Okay. Yeah, you are definitely probably too young for Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere, Mr. Belvedere? Ra- rabbit. <laughs> no, Mr. Belvedere was like an '80s TV show. Yeah, okay, I'm- and he was the butler for this family all right and he was just like you know oh you know feel good he's a butler but he really is family you know what i mean sort of like when butlers were still acceptable uh so anyway it, 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 think of like family matters but with like a kid and a butler instead of the rest of the family and parents okay final he, episode was july 8th 1990 in case you're wondering <laughs> There you go. So you're with me. So the whole thing about Mr. Belvedere is like, I'm going to serve you like a butler. Uh-huh. You get it? You know what I mean? So, but it, basically it's just lost on everybody because it's such an old reference that nobody gets it. And I realize <laughs> that now. So hence the problem I have is I need a team name change because nobody gets Mr. Belvedere. Okay. Oh, so, okay. All right. So I was thinking while Nene is on my roster, should I change it up to watch me whip, whip watch me Nene? Is that acceptable? That's a good one. You know what, though? I've seen that one out there before. Okay. And I, and I have no doubt that you came up with that on your own accord. Mm-hmm. But um, I've seen I did, that one. But I knew it was probably – that's fairly popular. I mean it's a popular song. So it's not like I should copyright it or something. But the problem is is like I'm probably going to cut Nene in the next two days. And then I have a team name. I, I feel like I'm against that. Like well, you have a team name for a guy that's not even on your team anymore. It's almost yeah. like bad juju or something like it's that. It's tough. So. Yeah. It's, there's nothing worse than having – you know. A team mm-hmm. name, and then he gets hurt for the rest of the season, and yeah. then you slowly fall down. I always like to call Nene Hilario, like just because nobody ever does that. So maybe mm-hmm. something like Hilario is the only name I need. Or um, <laughs> I was thinking about call picking me up Hilario. Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about picking up Ryan Kelly. Um, just so, um, just for naming I, rights. No, so I because yeah, I have Jordan Clarkson, and then I could change the team name to Kelly Clarkson. You know. <laughs> We're kind of beyond the point where that makes like even uh, poor Ryan Kelly has just been <laughs> battered. And Ryan bruised. Kelly is is like the is like the worst person to own. I, I think, and, and like if you were like an NBA player who has to watch fantasy, like you watch him in the box score, it's R Kelly. And then like I always think like I want to like say drip 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 every time I see R Kelly like uh, in anywhere in a, in a box score. Are you familiar with Chappelle's show? Please tell me you are. I don't want to say it was before my time because it wasn't, but it was, it was before not. The, it was before the time in which I was able to watch the Chappelle show, if that makes oh, sense, or I was okay. allowed to watch the Chappelle show. So I oh, know what gosh. you're talking about, but I grew up okay. in a uh, a sheltered household, uh, if you will. Oh, so oh. Uh, I mean, I know lots of stuff. I will say uh, I've been to an R. Kelly concert, and it was <laughs> arguably the best thing I've ever seen. And, oh, and I wow. like R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. The funniest thing, and I'll say this, and then eventually we will talk about actual basketball. Is it was at Bonnaroo actually? It was a couple of years ago at Bonnaroo, and he starts a concert on you know like a, a cherry picker construction workers. They have something you can sit on top mm-hmm. and it stretches you up and can clean windows. And uh-huh. so uh, you know the lights kind of go on in the stage, and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm actually up here." And you look up, and he's in this cherry picker, and he sings the first part of is it all of the lights or something like that, whatever Kanye mm-hmm. song he's on. Uh-huh. And then we're like, everyone's going crazy and all this stuff. And then he just kind of crouches down in the cherry picker, and the lights go off on him. And then cherry pickers don't move fast, and so it's like eking, eking, eking down for maybe you know ninety <laughs> seconds, where where like fifty thousand people are just awkwardly watching r kelly eke down in a cherry picker and he's trying kind of trying to hide himself but those things are pretty exposed to begin with right um rough start but it was just uh (laughs) i I was laughing the whole time one thing that he likes to do last last r kelly note is he never actually talks during his concerts so even between songs if he wants to say something he'll sing it 
So he had this whole bit about how he was sweaty and he needed a towel and he'll never, ever stop singing. It was, uh, it was great. It was a very pleasant experience. Wow, that's awesome. You know, so here's some homework for you because if you're not caught up on drip, 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 it's um, you're missing out on, on like a life experience. Okay, so Chappelle Show, R. Kelly, YouTube that, put that in your file for when you get home. Okay, okay? and then thank me later. Is this safe for work? By the way, is not safe for work. Okay, because I'm very afraid where you're going with this, yes, not well, knowing what you're it's talking Chappelle about. Chappelle Show, which you should know, is like it's R-rated stuff a lot of the time, but it's sure. hilarious. Okay. So I, I, you have to check out the. Um, the Prince skit, the uh, R. Kelly skit on Chappelle's show, and then related to R. Kelly since you are an official fan. And I'm an R. Kelly fan too, by the way. I grew up on 90s R&B. So um, you want to check out um, – who am I thinking about? The uh, comedian – I'll have to Google it. Um, and, I'll, and I'll mention it to you later like randomly in the show when it makes no sense. So we might as well uh, get started. I think I've delayed the situation long enough with my Mr. Belvedere to Nene to drip, drip, drip. Um, are you ready to get this started? I'm ready to get this started. Oh, I'm ready. Speaking uh, of 90s R&B, yeah. let's talk about a good old East Coast matchup. Milwaukee mm-hmm. Bucks making sweet, sweet music last night, beating the Miami Heat 91-79. to I didn't have a good transition. I thought I'd come up with one in the seconds after I said that I didn't. Sorry. Um, very surprising turnouts. Uh, yeah. Not only that the Bucks won, period, but that mm-hmm. they really had this game in hand for – the entire game. It was 1918 started the first quarter, and after that, the Bucks just just really pulled away. Um, oh, we'll jump into some specific box scores and how Chris Middleton is doing great things. But first, before we do that, the Bucks are now at 19, 20, 19 and 25. The Heat are at 23 and 19. Is this actually a case where this is closer to a 50-50 toss-up than maybe we would have thought a month ago? Yeah, you know what? I think it, it probably is at this point. And um, the way that I'm looking at this here is, I mean, A, we have to give some credit to whatever, good or bad, whatever you think of Goran Dragic out of the lineup uh, there and Bennett Woodruff. So they were really light at guard. And Tyler Johnson had like 3,000 two minutes. Like he basically, he set the like the DFS community on mega tilt by throwing up a three-point performance and playing 33 minutes and doing nothing with it, like four rebounds, one assist. So he was like a popular, super cheap punt option, especially with both guards out. Figured he would definitely get heavy minutes, and uh, he just, you know, wet the bed. So uh, there's that there's that side of it, too. And the other other thing, too, is Dwayne Wade plays, strangely plays 21 minutes and uh, goes one of six. Do you, do you know? Do we know anything on Dwayne Wade? I haven't checked the news. As so as- he was dealing with shoulder soreness in both of his shoulders last night. They, that has to be why right. yes. his minutes were limited. I will say he's considered probable for tonight's game because uh, mm-hmm. this team does have a back-to-back. They are playing Washington in Washington. And so he's still considered probable for this game. I will say Gerald Green with his knee tendonitis, right knee tendonitis, is also probable. But you're still going to have the same players out. So Dragic is out, Udry is out, um, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that makes some sense. So, uh, uh, you know, though, but between that, him being limited minutes even puts people on more mega tilt about what, how bad Tyler Johnson played. But I still think that, you know, I w- we were having this debate on Twitter about why, like, we, between, like, Markeith Morris getting benched for defense or, you know, throwing up a complete dud in Tyler Johnson, he, how he torpedoed so many DFS lineups. Right. The one thing you have to understand, and me, I'm sure you understand this, DJ, because, because we talk about, well, you and I, between our jobs, separately talk about NBA and DFS literally all the time. Um, it's what we are here to do. Um Day to day, if like if Tyler Johnson was this cheap and Markeith Morris was like was at forty nine hundred on DraftKings and they're guaranteed to get thirty plus minutes, their 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 cash game plays and their GPP plays and they're at minimum GPP plays and so nobody should be starting to talk about this. See, Noah shouldn't have played Tyler Johnson or blah 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 blah. That was the right call. If it blows up in your face but you made the right call then you trust the process and you made the right call are you with me here on that oh yeah yep and this i mean this is this is understated in the fantasy community just because one thing breaks out a certain way doesn't mean that the the prevailing thought was still the same i mean you were still going to play tyler johnson last night Mm -hmm. um and in all reality that's what makes fantasy fun is it's unpredictable i mean professional sports is a reality show because we don't know what's going to happen and so that falls in line with fantasy as well playing exactly what you said so with morris and johnson that still was the smart play if you're a betting man if you're an odds maker that was the correct choice to make last night did it work 
No, but nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, six out of ten, however you want to slice it up, it still was an intelligent decision to play them last night. Yeah, so uh, that's the way I feel about this. And then other than that, like not too much else for us to learn necessarily about all of this here. Greg Monroe scores 15. Chris Milton continues to be like the most trustworthy player that you can play on the Bucks overall. And Michael Carter-Williams, once again, you know, has an uneven performance. Jabari Parker has done what he's basically done all season, which is do okay with the shot attempts he gets and then not a whole bunch else. I don't really feel like he's embraced the whole um, – fifth wheel role which is the only problem i really have with jabari parker i think he actually would be a bit like a better candidate to be traded off of this team because if they don't want to make room for him and say at least let him play super six man and he would probably be better off playing like 25 minutes and getting like volume shooting rather than sitting there and hoping somebody passes him the ball josh i've been telling nick this for the last month and he's uh he's still hanging on to it um but i mean my my thinking is that you got to trade him now while he still has this like this glimmer and this allure of being the second round pick who got injured and he still has all this potential. If you can identify right now that this guy's just going to be a scoring presence off the bench, then get rid mm-hmm. of him as quick as you possibly can and shore up your center, get some defense or whatever you got to do, get a different point guard. I'm right there with you. I think that maybe these three people in Giannis, Parker, and Middleton just don't know how to share up the ball. They don't really have that killer instinct where they want to be shooting or whatever it may be, but but Parker right now on this team is not living up to the bill. And, and I don't think it's outrageous to think that trading him or finding you know another place for him and getting something in return is an outrageous idea whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the um, you know sort of you have to th- sort of think about your roster construction and understand that you know this you can't have five stars on the floor. The only place where this works, like. Uh, ever in any sport is with Popovich and, and and the Spurs because they got five rings they got a, they got one hand full of rings on there everybody buys in they, they get you know, instantaneous buys in for you know Attentacumpo he still feels like he probably deserves more shots and wants to get to an all-star level Greg Monroe got the big contract Jabari Parker is a number two overall pick Chris Milton just got paid Michael Carter Williams is like hey this is you know my third year in the league I need to start breaking out everybody is sort of like I kind of need to get mine the way I look at the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks and the way they play. I don't really feel like they are necessarily playing for each other, you know, and that's it should be like amplified by the fact that your starting point guard comes up with zero assists in 25 minutes. When when and what situation does that ever, ever happen? Nice that Middleton got 20 uh, that seven assists of his own, but he also took 20 shots. So he was like basically ball hogged, um, you know, his to his heart's content. Which is fine for DFS. It means you can play him because he, he's the one who's never going to, um, you know, who's, getting, who's being featured most in this offense. But overall, I think this whole, like, offensive concept is a mess, you know, under Jason Kidd and whoever the, um, you know, relief head coaches while he's on the sidelines. So uh, for, I think the long story that we need to derive from this in terms of fancy value is there. there's a lot of untrustworthy pieces aside outside of like Attenta Kupo and Chris Middleton. You don't know what you can really like count on um, per se from, you know, Greg Monroe, Jabari Parker, and to a lesser extent, Marco Carter-Williams. Yeah, and a, a, a major part of this issue is that arguably all three of them play the same position. They can all yeah. play small forward. Mm-hmm. And so it, right now what it seems like is Middleton is the one that's saying, hey, I want to be an all-star. I want to be a star in this league. I'm going to take mm-hmm. the shot attempts. And I think that train of thought is okay. That, I think that's what they these guys need to be thinking. But you need all three of them to be thinking that. And Parker and Giannis, just, they too easily take a back seat. And, and Middleton did that at the beginning of the season too. And so right now I'm just not seeing the killer instinct from those three guys saying, hey, I want to be the next big thing in this league. And I think the friendly competition, even on, the, uh, even on their own team, is okay for that like you have a Shaq Kobe thing where they're trying to you know we'll just alternate possessions but you know what you know I'm going to show you up even though you're on my own team so I don't know it's it's a it's a dynamic you love the talent there but for whatever reason it's not working out right now that being said great win over the heat last night we'll keep it moving though Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota New Orleans game another team that's somewhat on the rise the Pelicans win 114-99 over the Timberwolves Timberwolves like I said are a young sexy team just like the Bucks but they're still going to have some growing pains undoubtedly Um, in a couple of leagues I'm in Josh I've seen Andrew Wiggins be traded 
because owners are starting to sour on him considering where he was where he's drafted i see them i saw him go in the third round which at that point you know what maybe if he was going to start breaking out we're not quite seeing the all-around production from him that maybe some people were hoping for have you seen some movement on wiggins or seen him on some trading blocks in your league as well i have not but you know what i don't get it Personally, I don't. I don't understand what what people are so upset about overall. I mean, the shooting percentage is slightly up from last season. The three pointers, you sure make a case there, okay? And the free throw percentage, you never like to see that go backward, but it is his second, you know, what full year in in the league. Rebounding, you're not really exciting assists, but the scoring, at least, you have one piece of that that has that has ticked upward. Now, keep in mind too, they just added one of the best young rebounders in the game in Carl Anthony Towns uh, there as well. And they have a guy who does nothing but, you know, um, can really distribute only in, in Ricky Rubio. It would be actually probably – they would be a little bit better served for them to have Zach Levine, um, you know, start. Like, and, I, and I know this is sound like a broken, broken record, but if you want Andrew Wiggins to contribute a little bit more across the board, then how about giving him like a little bit more of a, of a ball-handling role, like maybe in sort of like a mini James Harden type, at least in some, some offensive sets. Because a lot of times when Andrew Wiggins gets the ball – there's less than 10 seconds on the shot clock and he needs to do something with it, you know, and that's a lot harder for you to find somebody in, in terms of like uh, your your assist totals when that's when you when the ball is handed to you during the shot clock. Ricky Rubio is a ball dominator whenever he's on the floor because the best thing he do he does is find shots for other people. So you're, it's very tough for you to expect more than what he's getting. I think that you you're going to get the scoring. And obviously you'd like him to see you see him rebound better and shoot better from three. So those two things are a little bit disappointing. But he he's using his single best talent to the best of his ability now. That's one thing you can sort of you know hang your hat on in, in this spot. I think the sort of like arc that you could potentially see trending for him is like a Tyree Evans type. Where like you know that he has got athletic ability and he may find a better a better way to become a better scorer, but he hasn't yet found a better way to be um a more effective shooter. Having said that, I think his shooting stroke will translate much better down the line in his career than Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans just looks like he has a broke shot. You know, like he he looks like Rajon Rondo light. Well, like you just can tell he's got bad form and whatever coaching or whatever he's done hasn't fixed the fact that his, his shot looks robotic and unnatural. Wiggins doesn't have that problem. So I think that's why I think it's fixable and you should have some more, like at least like feel better about it in Dynasty. For, for this season as well, I don't, you know, I thought, I think people were sort of thinking they were going to get like a, a more complete player, you know, like a James Harden light or a Paul George type, you know, who just does everything on the floor. And that just isn't Wiggins right now. Right now, because he's 20 years old, he'll come around. I don't know. I, Josh, I, I really, for the most part, agree with everything you're saying, um, especially with Towns coming onto the court and Rubio is a dominant ball handler. So if you're hoping that Wiggins' assist attempts would, would jump up to you know, the, the three range after coming off a 2.1 year during his rookie season, then that's, it's not the case. I still think he's a valuable fantasy asset. I mean, he's half a block a game. 0.6 three-pointers per game, 44% for a young budding talent who shoots this much and plays a shooting guard or a shooting guard eligible is perfectly fine. I mean, that's right about league average anyway. So um, I, it's, it's funny that there's, you know, there's a prevailing thought out there, or a, you know, a lingering thought that you know, Wiggins is, is very tradable and all this stuff. And in Dynasty, I would, I would snatch him up as quick as you can if people are thinking that way. But anyways, just thought I'd uh, get your pulse on the Andrew Wiggins situation. We have already killed to death. Zach Levine should be in the starting lineup over Ricky Rubio. We have. Um, so I, I won't talk about that. Anthony Davis, um, and I know we don't like to harp on you know top 10, top 30 talent, but Anthony Davis has – in the public eye, taken a step backward. Did we put too much expectations on him this season? Somebody that we thought would challenge for the MVP hasn't quite done that. Of course, the Pelicans have gone off to a tough start. Um, but do you think that this, I mean, he is not having a bad season whatsoever, but is this going to hurt his draft stock from being the number one overall pick next year? Absolutely, yes. And it's not necessarily, re- well, it's related to him in a little bit, and it's related to Steph Curry becoming an absolute all time great. In, in in the transformation of an MVP t- season to an all-time season. So there's two pieces to that right now. So, you know, even if Anthony Davis did everything he was supposed to do, I think Steph Curry right now would be like the undeniable number one. Can you can we agree there? Uh, there I'm just... Yeah, I... 
I don't know why I have a hard time picking Curry number one. I think it's because back in the olden days, I got, I mean, I got burned on him missing so much time with ankle injuries. Yeah, so I think right. mm-hmm. that just, that is just stamped in my mind. And again, that's the fun part of playing fantasy is that, you know, you like some players for some reasons and you dislike them for others. So I don't, blocks are so elite with Anthony that I guess you could say the same exact argument about Curry um, in that in that regard. But yeah, I think Curry's going to be the consensus number one, and Anthony Davis is slowly slipping out of that that spot where we you know we conceivably thought he'd be the number one overall pick for the next five years or something like that. It's not quite going to happen like that. Always have to curb yourself when making judgments such as such as that one. Any last thoughts about this game or any box score that jumped out to you, Josh? The only thing I'm going to say about this overall is um, uh, definite arrow. First of all, Omar Sheik is is probably leading the league in check stealing right now. I'm going to say that. I okay, agree. I agree. All right. I mean, the guy's still. How is he? Either you're not healthy enough to start because you're playing 11 minutes and you're terrible. Okay, or you or you need to step up your game for for whatever reason. I mean, like uh, three blocks three blocks against him. He's seven foot one. I was like, how do you get your shot blocked three times? And you only took you took four shots and you got three of them blocked. Uh, this is amazing to me. And you know, eight rebounds in eleven minutes is is nice. But overall, I got the, he's a fancy wasteland and a and a dead contract and probably one of the reasons why uh, New Orleans didn't have as much salary flexibility to help get, go in out and get another piece for Anthony Davis because he needs probably more than one piece now. They needs multiple pieces. Second thing is. Um, Thumbs down on Alvin Gentry for not figuring out that if Alvin, uh, if Omar Sheik is only good enough to play 11 minutes in your starting lineup, why don't you just play Ryan Anderson? Okay, get this guy 35 minutes. Right now, in between, it's debatable to me as to whether or not Tyreek Evans or Ryan Anderson is more important in this lineup. Uh, obviously, Tyreek Evans can be a triple double threat and a monster uh, and not not on anthony davis's level obviously obviously he's the best player there but if you keep losing games and you were a playoff team last year and one of your most effective players is ryan anderson the one of the guy who always always goes ham whenever anthony davis goes out of the lineup and ryan anderson why don't you play ryan anderson more please oh. somebody explain that to me oh you got intent with that mike you're making love with that mike <laughs> at the end of that uh isn't this funny josh that the timberwolves and pelicans um Probably for me and you have got me and you have gotten on our, our our little soapbox more so than any other teams, and they played each other last night. So we've got the got the Rubio Levine thing. We've got the Ashik, but most importantly, Ryan Anderson playing more and moving into the starting lineup. We've been saying it all season long, and you know what? I still think we're right. So yeah, make love with that, Mike. You deserve it. You're completely uh, eligible to do that. Um, we're gonna just kind of put that negativity behind us, and we're gonna talk about my boys. The Thunder getting a win over the Nuggets, 110 to 104. I'm a Thunder fan. Not ashamed to say it. I, mm. I like sports. I have fans. I have favorite teams. Deal with it out there. Um, I don't. There's nothing sexy about the Thunder beyond Durant and Westbrook. Ibaka, you know, he he hums along, but he never really does anything. The front court is so muddled, and they have so many options that. Um, well, let me phrase it this way. Um, I'll just stop dancing around the subject. Do you think Canner should be starting? Do you think he should be seeing more minutes? Because um, last night, 25 points, 8 rebounds. He's been one of the most efficient permanent players in the entire NBA this year. Actually, no. This is one of the situations where I think the coach is actually getting it right. And I do like Billy Donovan as coach. So I'll start with that. So first of all, right now you have KD and Durant on the floor. Two like absolute usage monsters. And maybe two of the top eight scores in the game maybe i'm being a little bit conservative maybe they're top five scores in the game uh i don't think that would be too remiss in saying that necessarily so think about that when you if you if you're going to take shots away from two of the best scores in the game who start together and play the majority of their minutes together so enos Cantor can uh can get some extra run i don't really think they need uh, a third score what i think they do need is Andre Roberson to to do a better impression of Anthony Morrow on the shooting end because he you know plays or at least oh man Roberson is so bad at shooting threes the whole arena holds their breath and when he makes a shot they cheer louder than any other shot made (laughs) and I'm talking Durant you know Durant makes Westbrook dunks when Roberson nails a corner three when he's wide open mind you and he Mm -hmm. makes it Everybody goes wild because you just you just can't even expect. You just knew it, a miracle just happened. Yes, yeah, you just exactly. knew right. So this is the problem. It's like, and I th- here's the thing too. Like Anthony Morrow has gotten like a little bit of audition at the shooting guard position, but they just don't feel like 
um, you know, he fits better or they don't feel as confident in, you know, their, I, I guess their, their bench, which they should, because between waiters and canter, you got plenty of offense coming off the bench there. And, and not to mention DJ Augustine as, as well. Is there, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cameron Payne, young rookie Cameron Payne has mm-hmm. edged out Augustine for Augustine, Augustine, um, however you want to say it has edged out, uh, DJ <laughs> for the second point guard spot. So we're at the point where, um, Augustine is not even playing Augustine geez, is not even playing any minutes whatsoever. Payne is playing 20 minutes off the bench. And so that's a mistake in my mind. I think, I mean, I, how I, so? how so? Because I mean, let's look at it this way. I mean, he Augustine has played good minutes off the bench and relief of Derrick Rose in years past. But, I mean, you drafted Cameron Payne to be your legitimate backup. We're, we're looking – or, you know, what we're looking for from this Thunder team is – do you remember Eric Maynard? He yeah, was such a good backup to Russell Westbrook back in the day when they were legitimately challenging for titles. Cameron Payne is ideally the next Eric Maynard for this team. I get it, but you know what? The, to me, DJ Augustine is like could start for like a handful of teams right now in the NBA. I think people forget about how good DJ Augustine was in filling duty for Russell Westbrook last season. I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going Fan- to go well, fantasy wise, yes, yes, but in terms of winning games, I'm not sure if that argument is as strong. Well, I mean, uh, do you feel like I, I don't know where is Cameron Payne supposed to be? I mean, he's a taller point guard. I get that, you know, but he's I don't think he's a better shooter than him. Uh, DJ Augustine is, is a better distributor. And DJ Augustine is a guy who if you've taken a look at the game logs for, for, for him and it's not if, if they're losing games, it's not for, for um, because what he's, um, you know, providing on the floor. The guy every, every time he's gotten quality minutes has been a, a good assister a double digit score can hit threes shoots free throws well i mean i don't know really what else you're you're looking for in terms of a point guard this is a former what ninth pick overall from the charlotte hornets in 2008 so it's not like he like um you know is uh, we're, you know we're talking about like a d-league scrub who needs to make room for, for Cameron Payne. so i don't know what he's done personally maybe it's cameron Payne's a better defender uh you know uh, or or what it is i i understand he was the 14 pick uh, last season, so but right. I, I don't I, I don't know what 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 the issue is. What I wish there was where where there was a way make if the, if Wade wasn't wasn't on this roster, maybe you could make a, a case for playing both point guards you know off the bench together. But you know it's a little bit disappointing that he's lost minutes in my mind. Uh, two things: Maro DNP uh, coaches this season last night. Unfortunately, his defense isn't where they want him to be. Even though he's arguably actually one of the best. Uh, beyond the arc shooters in the league so that should tell you how much he doesn't fit in with this with this current team like they'd like they'd want him to uh what about this josh what if they're actually trying to deal augustine and they know it um they know he has good value on the market because he's proven it for the reasons that you just said if we mm-hmm. know we're going to deal him we know we're going to get a deal for him someone else because he's so reliable off the bench or in uh, you know as a replacement um, then you're torpedoing why- his value by not playing him well here's the thing is that He's been in the league long enough that I'm not sure that you're torpedoing his value like you would a Markeith Morris who's only been in the league a couple of seasons and you don't know if maybe last year was a bit of an anomaly. Everybody knows what DJ Augustine is and what he can do for your team. So if you if you move him to the bench and have him on the bench, I'm not so certain that you're hurting his value. I think more so that they could be just preparing for the future if they're going to deal him. That's my only thought about that. I, I don't know. Is, do you think that's a strong – my argument is a strong one in terms of not hurting his value compared to other players who haven't played as long? He does have the reputation and he has played for multiple teams and produced, so I can see people still seeing that. But, you know, and uh, maybe from a dev- development standpoint, it makes more sense for them to, to play Cameron Otter's pain. But usually the standard thing to do is to showcase guys so you to let people know that you're not hiding an injury. Okay, that the guy is still a viable player and can still can produce. Because if you have a guy who's who's pouty like Markeith Morris, or you know is look or has lost a step for whatever reason, those gotta have to be doubts that enter people's minds. It's not like once they trade him, you can sort of you know say I'll keep my receipt and return him in ten days if if you're you know if you don't like what you got. So you've got to put him on the floor at some point. So I I think it it does do the the Thunder a disservice. Having said that, they weren't going to get a huge haul anyways if they did trade. Uh, DJ Augustine, so um, maybe that's they're not too worried about you know what they're what they're going to get incrementally. It may make more sense for them just to hold on to him for depth if uh, you know the uh, you know the the worst happens and they need to get some extra um, point guard playing time uh, with if, with Russell Westbrook if he suffers an injury. So most definitely. So over the last um, 
I guess at 12 games, Augustine has registered a DNP, or he hasn't played, I should say, in 11 of the last 12 games. Um, even before that, he was seeing about 16 minutes a game. Um, but now, as you mentioned, as we talked about, campaign is seeing those minutes. Now, we didn't talk about Denver, but is there anything that you'd like to talk about before we get to the next game? I'm still a little bit disappointed here with what's happening with Will Barton uh, overall Rightly in this so. I mean, he was yeah. a top, what, 25 fantasy player while he was, while he was balling? Yeah, and now that um, uh, Danilo Garanari has basically served notice as to who is the you know the real King Joffrey in this te- on this team, it's not Joffrey Lavernier, it's not Will Barton, it's Danilo Gallinari taking twenty one shots, four nine from three, and you, hey hey he's scoring. You know it's not like you're, it's, he's right. not taking bad shots. He put up twenty seven points, but you just don't have the guy that was like an absolute lock as the top player in Denver, and I still need somebody to explain to me, and I love Mike Malone, trust me, I think he's a great coach, but this is where I have fault with him, it's why in the world Gary Harris plays over Will Parton. You, I understand that Gary Harris has been playing better as of late. He's also been a defensive turnstile all season long. So I don't know if he's like just blind to the facts or defensive metrics, or he's supposed to be known as a defensive coach too. You know, So I understand there isn't a lot of bench punch uh, to be out there, but it's not like you you like have too many scores and you need to keep Gary Harris in his you know team team concept role so he you know so you don't crowd yeah. the the starting lineup. We're not dealing you know, with you know three years ago the Thunder where you got to bring Harden off the bench because there's just too many. Um, certainly not the case whatsoever. I yes. I yeah I'm confused by this too, and and you love Malone, and so I, the fact that you're so fed up with it, I think, uh, is really telling of the situation. Yeah, um, the, I feel like it's a mistake. And so. and the funny thing is, you know, we can analyze things from a fantasy perspective, but they don't make sense in terms of winning games. Um, I think maybe the Augustine Payne thing might might be a, a good example of that. But Barton was helping them win games. I mean, he right. was making clutch shots at the end of the game. Uh, I think back. did they go into overtime against the Warriors right before uh, Gallinari came back? And Barton put the team on his back and and was making shots down the stretch. So one of the rare, I, I shouldn't say rare, but one of the circumstances where it makes sense for fantasy, it makes sense just to win games. Mike Malone to to play Will Barton more often. Um, I don't know. You just kind of have to shrug your shrug your head or, or shrug your shoulders and move on to the next one. Um, and you know what? We're going to do that here. We're going to move on to the next game, the final game that took place Tuesday night, where the Indiana Pacers took care of business, ninety-seven to ninety-four over your Phoenix Suns. Indiana top score for the night was Monte Ellis with twenty. Paul George comes in with nineteen points. Looking at the other end of things, Markeith Morris does start, only plays twelve minutes, like you alluded to, Josh. Uh, P.J. Tucker, Tyson Chandler, Knight, and Devin Booker. Um, have you been fortunate enough to pick up Booker or Mirza Toledovich in any of your leagues? And I'll even throw T.J. Warren in there. Um, you know what? I think I might have been lucky enough to grab him in one. Um, actually, I grabbed P.J. Tucker in one league where um, he was just sort of twisting the wind and he was the, the forgotten man. And people didn't realize that you know between – him and uh, Booker and TJ and uh, TJ Warren that 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 um, PJ Tucker is the one like sort of semi trustworthy that guy that was going to get some minutes. But I missed the train, uh, to be honest with you, on, on Devin Booker. Uh, once he had that big game and and Eric Bledsoe went out, everybody who ha- owned Eric Bledsoe was immediately in on the situation and firing up the fab bids. Yeah. So I was left holding the bag on that. But I think that it's it's a definitely a guy who has uh, who needs to be owned everywhere, and I don't really care about like the sort of like up and down game to game performances but because overall the guy's got to be a lock pretty much for 30 plus minutes and you know and we know with the situation that phoenix has they they have really but no choice but to just try to develop this guy there isn't anybody else behind him that really deserves some extra minutes tj warren really is more of a three than a two so devin booker fits the profile the only problem is now you're square pegging brandon knight because he really isn't a point guard um but you know having said that he was in that sort of offensive point guard role in milwaukee and was thriving before they decided to toss him to the to the to the wayside which still blows my mind yeah but, that's um, there's some questionable point guard moves involving carter williams brandon knight mm-hmm. and really the phoenix suns in general they've had every just above average point guard on their roster over the last three years it seems um uh, two things that i wanted to touch on pj tucker a lot of people are souring on him just in general 
They, you know, they don't think he should be a starter. But from a fantasy perspective, he's a good. He's an example of a Damari Carroll, where you know he's not very flashy. He's a little old, on the older side. But last night, he's going to give you twelve points, ten rebounds, five assists with two three pointers. That has significant value in whatever league you're playing in. And so, take a look at him. Perhaps more importantly, he played a game, a team high forty five minutes, a game high actually. He played more so than anybody else. Devin Booker last night plays the second most minutes he ever has as a rookie with 40 and more importantly put up 32 points which was a career high for that young man if you were able to pick him up off the waiver wire and let's just say you're in a rotisserie league and you were only lacking in three-pointers you may have made the best move of your season right there considering last night he had six on 11 attempts I mean this is exactly the type of player we think he's going to mature into right considering that let me remind you he's still the youngest player in the NBA right now yeah I totally agree with you there as well so uh, lots of lots of what's not to like right now just you mean but the other thing about it is like um, where is he available (laughs) just like you know uh, you're not going to get too many people who are ready to come off what do you here's a good question for you what do you think the price tag is right now on trying to acquire somebody like him Hmm. Uh, for season long yeah wow you can't ever react overreact to a performance like this but considering how young he is and how much growing he's going to do even in the rest of the season as a rookie and given that he saw 40 minutes and like you said he could see over 30 minutes i'm trying to think of a, a comparable player i would i would say I would trade him for Tony Parker straight up right now. Okay. All is right. that is that a good indication of where his value's at? Um, I think it's okay. Maybe I don't a know. A little more or a little less. I would probably go you know, I mean Tony Parker's like, you know. Well the thing is that Tony Parker it. just had a couple of nice performances and so it's tough. Uh well let me say this. I would definitely I would definitely trade Devin Booker for Tony Parker right now. I think that's somewhat fair value for comparing two different positions if yeah. i'm looking somewhere else um the only problem i have is like i have like you know senior citizen bias against tony parker for whatever reason that's oh i know, you know he's he's yeah. one of those ticking time bombs that we always talk about what let's pick a young front court player that we think has similar value to him just for the rest of the season let's let's look over the let's look over things i mean um uh, I think Booker has more value than Frank or, or Zeller. Uh, what Marvin Williams is actually an interesting one to compare him to because Williams does have, have a lot of value. Um, hmm. Is there anybody that jumps out to you? Devin Booker uh, for Clint Capella. How about that one? Uh, you know, I, I would probably prefer Devin Booker because you know he's going to have a much bigger scoring load. I mean, and Clint Capella could, you know, he's been good and he's played the, the you know, the. Uh, I don't know. I don't call him Dennis Rodman, but you know the, the glass cleaner role, like right. uh, f- like fairly nicely. Uh, maybe uh, like uh, a decent comp for him to be would, would would be somebody like Jordan Clarkson. You know, sure. Uh, so uh, and that would be like an interesting comp. Was like, do you want to go with Jordan Clarkson or do you want to take the shooting bomb? Because they're both playing the two. They're both not the main guy, but they're both young and could have a significant role if Kobe decides to sort of like um, you know give way to the kids. A, a little bit more than Jordan Clarkson um, could have like a significant role in this team. To me, in my mind, Jordan Clarkson is the best player on the LA Lakers. That's the difference between him and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is not the best player on the Phoenix Suns. It's still probably Brandon Knight, but he has the upside to grow grow towards that. So I, if if you hadn't given me a choice right now, unless I really had needed needed the scoring much much more, I would actually take Jordan Clarkson over Devin Booker. What what side would you be on? Um, I would probably go Clarkson on this. Uh, here's, here's an ultimate one. Yeah, I, I do like, I love that comparison for considering they have the same position eligibility. Um, here's the ultimate one and then, and then we'll move on here. Um, cause it really shows you both players value at this point right now in terms of fantasy, just for the rest of the season, would you rather have Devin Booker or Jabari Parker? Oh, pff. Uh, we're talking about this season only, right? This season only. Yeah. Uh, this season only. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that's a fair trade straight up. And I might be leaning towards Booker, especially after this 32-point performance where he knocked down six trays. I mean, if you're looking at – I mean, if he's – if Booker is going to match Parker's point production, then I don't know how you couldn't go for Booker 
considering that Booker is doing better from the free throw line. He's actually doing better shooting from the field in general. And then he's going to give you, I mean, he's going to give you six threes a night. That has a lot of value. Yeah, so for for me, I think it's actually an easy call because um, there's too many other higher quality scorers that are getting significant shots in time in um, th- for this season. Now, if you wanted to tell me, like, I think it's much more interesting of a call at, in terms of like you know dynasty perspective there. But Jabari Parker is being pigeonholed into you know a stand in the corner and we'll tell you when we want you to take a shot. Now that when the shot clock running down or something like that, which is not a great way to be. Will he have some good performances here and there? I think so, sure. But Devin Brooker, they need him to be um, a much bigger. He's filling in for Eric Bledsoe, which is a huge void in that team. So I, that's sort of how I see that shaking out. So um, one thing I wanted to say about where you know Jabari Parker is being told not to not to or you know being pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, our own Nick Whalen works for Bucksketball, has an in touch you know in touch with the Bucks somewhat. Um, I don't want to say that he's reporting this or that anybody is reporting this or his sources even, but I will just say that there seems to be a thought within Bucks media that the Bucks literally told Jabari Parker not to attempt threes for the rest of the season. So that's so that's something that's that's kind of out there in in the Bucks media scene, and I, th- I think that's gotten out. I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but um, not. It hurts his value and it hurts his progression as a player, considering that he did do pretty well shooting threes at Duke. Um, anyways, we, we always revolve to Jabari Parker because I think he's an interesting piece and we don't know where he's going to land. This Indiana Pacer team, this Phoenix Suns team, any parting shots, Josh? Uh, you know what? Paul George is still a monster. Monte Ellis gets an uptick in, in um, production and minutes now that they have the injuries that are, or the issues that they've been having with, uh, with George Hill, who I believe did not play on Tuesday, if I'm correct, and uh, the issue that they have with Rodney Stuckey, so he's ticked up. And um, I sent this out uh, a message on Twitter on for one of the other season-long ho- shows I hosted called uh, Fancy Hoops Insider. It's like, if you're not on the Miles Turner train, um, it's time to get on. Is, is why I think he actually takes this job from Ian Mahimi or from Jordan Hill. Too much of a factor overall, and you know they could use a nice third weapon um, in in this offense, so they don't have to rely on. Right now, this team sort of ebbs and flows with how hot Paul George is. Is basically what it, what it comes down to, and then with Samante Ellis, big time games sprinkled in here and there. That doesn't need to be the case. Uh, with what's going on here. What they can do here is get Miles Turner involved in the offense. He's not a bad defender. He can rebound, and he'd love him as a stretch five shooting with shooting three at center. We saw what he can do in when he stepped in, in for Mahi, 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 Mahi. Hadi, 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 ha. Hody, 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 ho. You know, he did well. And uh, and this is like a, a guy that uh, I'm actually like considering if I really wish the Kings would have drafted Miles Turner and what that would have meant for this team to have like an. Another stretch, stretch guy. You can imagine Cousins and Miles Turner spacing the four as fives. Well, I would say that Turner hasn't attempted any threes this season. So if that's in his game, he hasn't shown it yet. On the it's f- in his game. Okay, it's definitely if, in his game. Hey, that, yeah, things change. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he won. Cousins just picked it off, picked it up on a whim. But um, over his last three games, and I honestly have not taken note until now. You said this, Josh, because I just I wrote off Turner. I, I wrote him off to begin with because he was a project coming out of Texas, and I thought that Jordan Hill and Jan Mahimi would see the majority of minutes, and it really was not a good situation for any one of those three. Um, and then after Turner, of course, suffered that injury and was out for so many games, I, I was just kind of done with him. But over his last three games, he's averaging a flat twenty six minutes. 17 points, five rebounds, and assist, a third of a steal, two blocks, shooting 68% uh, from, from the field. I think those numbers have to warrant a little game we call um, who would you drop to pick up Miles Turner. And so let me just throw a couple options at you, a couple options that I've been seeing um, picked up by the waiver wire, but now you know a week or two later might be back on the waiver wire. Uh, would you drop Mirza Toledovic for Miles Turner at this point? Uh, do, well, let me before we do this game. Yes. Do yes. you? I, I think you already said it, but do you think? Do you expect the same level of production that I just said over his last three games to kind of continue for the majority of the season? Do you think that's going to hit a speed bump, or just or completely just stay in line with those numbers I just tossed out? Oh yeah, it's definitely going to hit a speed bump. I mean, it's obviously derived because you know Mahimi Mahimi. Uh, sat out of the lineup uh, there in, in that game. But 
we've seen this upside in the preseason. They were there were sort of rumblings about him getting some some minutes or at least you know doing some damage in, in a, with extended minutes in the six man role. And clearly, if you've ever seen Jordan, um, I almost said uh, Jordan Clarkson, um, Jordan Hill or Mahini on offense, you could see there's like a natural fit. He's he will run circles around them offensively they just need to decide if he's a good offensive fit and i think that he is overall because um you know they have cj miles gunning away from three and they have you know um a monte ellis who to me is monte ellis is still monte ellis but he's not the same monte ellis that was like in golden state he's ticked down uh, a little bit and he, this is a guy who at the at the minimum can take um some defensive uh pressure away from paul george and monte ellis who monte ellis isn't isn't a guy who really should be you want taking volume sh- threes anyway so you're basically you're leaving all the shooting down to uh george hill who for whatever reason doesn't want to take a lot of shots and um if you if you see what happens uh, we, you know with uh, like what's happening in the league now the three-point shot and the ability to stretch the floor with that shot is like sort of almost like the key to success it's why boris dl is still in the league even though he looks like a ham <laughs> uh you know it's why uh you you see cousins now shooting threes it's why the golden state warriors shoot 43s a game and blow teams out because the three-point uh, shot you know done well or you know uh, with you know, stretch four options like draymond green are so tough to defend and uh, when you have the like you know over two-thirds of the league who has like you know Derek favors type bigs uh, on their roster, and you put a guy out there like Draymond Green or Miles Turner who can who, who can shoot a jumper from outside very very well. It's a problem. So I like him. I think it's it creates an interesting dynamic, and I think that he should be in the lineup. Should get more minutes. I don't think it's going to be at the level of the the past three games unless there's an extended injury. Okay, so you you pretty well answered that question. We'll hold off on that game unless he does something big over the next couple of weeks. So it's still something you might want to temper your expectations about, uh, yeah. according to Josh there. Um, so that does it for the game recaps. Josh, we actually did a, a pretty good job at just um, you know thoroughly going through each game. So right. um, before I hit you with some breaking news, and I just want some rapid reactions from you, um, mm-hmm. before we jump into that, I do want to say uh, a word from our sponsors here real quick, and that, of course, is DraftKings.com. You listeners, too, can be a part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. With Daily Fantasy, as you already know, I've said it so many times, but I'll continue to tell you, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster, play whenever you want, and pick a new time every single or pick a new team rather every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM, or square off simply against basketball fans, I don't know, from around the country for big prizes. All you gotta do is go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play for free. DraftKings official partner of Rotowire, that's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. Josh, before we jump into breaking news, uh, any topics you wanted to throw out there and have a couple-minute discussion on, or do you want to break, go into breaking news? Either way let's is fine the, with me. Let's do the breaking news. Oh, but for, first, quick question. Did you check out the Gun 8000? Yeah, you sent me the link. And, All right, well, okay. Um, Did you get the full experience of what's going on with that? Yes, uh, it's like basically being a, a Chuck E. Cheese. This was a couple know, weeks but, ago, actually. I think we might have skipped a whole week without talking about this. But yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. Um, the, the Gun Eight Thousand is Chuck E. Cheese for adults in a yes. in a big <laughs> in a big size gym. Basically, what it is, the ball gets shot right to you, but you're on the floor instead of you know scoring points with a little baby ball. You know, um, if you ever saw, I don't know if you saw this, but like. When the before the Warriors turned into the Splash Brothers, they used to run ads of like Clay Thompson shooting in the gym with the lights barely on, with a gun, eight thousand firing him balls, and I'm like, that's a dream come true. Somebody let me win Powerball so I can just buy a gym and a gun, eight thousand. Yes, I just, I'm not hating on your dream, but for some reason, I just don't remember seeing commercials or even, you know, interviews in the background uh, with them using those things before. I need to do more research on. On finding, you know, like actual players using them, I, I have seen the screenshots in the videos that you sent me. Though I will say that I agree. You think that thing has uh, outdoor capabilities? Yeah, it, it probably does, but I don't think you should really want it out there because you need to plug it in. I'm um, like you're just getting oh, like sure. get like six extension cords, <laughs> um, <laughs> just run it yeah, from your house. You know, work. so when I roll up to the gym, I'll just have my gym bag with my <laughs> socks, shoes, change of clothes, and then I'll just be wheeling in my. Gun five thousand with it too. <laughs> well, uh, if I'm um, gun eight thousand. By the 8, way, excuse me. 
um, <laughs> if you are, you know, if you're willing, if you're ready and dedicated to take your your YMC game to the next level, you need to start putting start like a little save target fund for the Gun Eight Thousand. This is what I'm saying. All right, you know I play on Wednesdays, so this is a you know something I'm thinking about, and you could probably talk me into spending my whole life savings on something that I would use once or twice. What do they say about boats? Boat owners. The best the best two times in a boat owner's life is when they buy a boat and when they sell a boat. The best times in a, a gun eight thousand owner's life is when they buy it and when they sell it, I would think. Yeah. Well I'm, you're thing. not the only problem is you're not selling it. Bro. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah, okay, but you got it. It's you're you're not getting rid of that thing. Are you kidding me? I, I tell you what, for how happy this makes you, I wish I had enough money. I could just buy it and give it to you, and just look at your the look on your face when you got one of those under the Christmas tre- under the Christmas tree next year. <sighs> yeah, that would be the that would be the best. If you hit Powerball, let's do it, man. That would be awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's jump into the breaking news. I will say that essentially what I'm doing is just reading off our website, rotowire.com, the breaking news, and then we're going to comment on it. If you want to check out this breaking news or any of our daily fantasy tools on Rotowire, you can certainly do that. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. That's P-O-D to get free 10 days of access. Um, so go check it out. Uh, without further ado, let me read off some of those. Josh, rapid fire reaction from you. We won't spend too long on any one of these players. Uh, most of these are will be pertaining to tonight's action. So Wednesday's action. Uh, first, Kirk Heinrich, Co- Coach Fred Hoiberg said Tuesday that Heinrich, who's dealing with that quadriceps injury, has already been ruled out for Wednesday's game against the Warriors mm-hmm. and is expected to be sidelined for four or five more days. Does that mean that Derrick Rose sees more time on the court, or rather, are we going to see more of the Aaron Brooks, Etwan Moore on the court? Um, I think that you're you're not probably you don't if they're smart, they don't tick up Derrick Rose into a spot where it creates another injury situation again. So maybe some extra minutes for Aaron Brooks um, and Etwan Moore, but nothing that you need to sort of pay attention to. But in, in the most like super deepest of leagues fair enough you always need to pay attention to those ancillary player notes but according to josh doesn't make much sense to to play more more rows in that scenario uh joseph nurkic uh yusuf joseph however you want to say it um was actually available to play in tuesday's loss to the thunder but he didn't end up seeing any time on the court now he's been dealing with ankle and knee injuries um it might just be a little rest and maintenance although the team didn't come out and say that. So without having any added information, are you afraid that he's not the slotted in starter at center? Rather, you have Nikola Jokic and then Joffrey Laverne, uh, Lavernier also in there. So, so where do you stand on those three centers, essentially? Well, I mean, between the minutes, but between those guys getting like 20-ish minutes per game, it's just like a, a situation that I'm just avoiding overall unless I'm super desperate and like a deeper 14-team league and above. So not too interested in that. I, when I hear about the Itch brothers, like I like to call them, I feel like I need like some <laughs> foot cream or something like that to prevent, you know, foot fungus, something like that. So, yeah, uh, that's basically the way I feel, I feel about it. Um, yeah, you have to say Itch brothers real carefully, don't you? <laughs> there's no there's no gray area with that um yeah. uh jody meeks who he plays for the detroit pistons if you didn't know probably because you haven't really yeah. seen him all season long or most of the season uh however he plans to begin practicing in limited capacity this sunday and could return before the all-star break so what that means um is essentially or and correct me if i'm wrong contavious caldwell pope Stanley Johnson, uh, maybe even Ursan Ilyasova, those guys, when he comes back, are they going to be affected? And how so? Marcus Morris is the other guy who could potentially be affected by this. Yeah, um, but you know what? And I think that he gets slotted back into that role that it was last seen as like, you know, six score off the bench, we'll have a good game here and there. But but they clearly preferred KCP as a starter. And and even though Jody Meese got paid like he was going to be the starter, I don't, especially now coming off the injury, I don't see him as being like a significant threat. So probably just somebody that you just throw on your radar. And unless there's an injury somewhere in the Pistons' backcourt, you don't expect too much from him either now or going forward. So even even though this, you know, he was dealing with that injury, I will say he did play two games at the beginning of the season, 11 minutes and six minutes, although I'm not sure that's indicative of what his ideal role would be under Van Gundy on this team. We will find out shortly. Uh, Larry Nance, Coach Byron Scott, confirmed that Nance will miss at least two uh, 
two of the next couple of games um, in the Lakers' current homestand. So Wednesday and Friday against the Spurs. In his place, do you think uh, Julius Randle will be a DFS consideration play? DFS consideration play. Um, yes, Julius Randle is a DFS consideration against the Sacramento Kings. However, um, the matchup is not as good as it was. He pre- probably definitely preferred Rudy Gay uh, playing the stretch four alongside Omri Caspi. This is your King, Sacramento Kings official update, by the way. Um, we, we were remiss in not mentioning how did you hijack, How did you hijack a Larry Nance update to the Kings? You are, you are truly the king. It is Wednesday. The they're, they're playing. Thank you. They're playing the Kings. What do you want me to say? Um, Willie Cauley-Stein back in the starting lineup, not playing full minutes overall, but is definitely a much better defender and a bigger problem for Julius Randle. Having said that, with Larry Nats out the next two games, definitely worth a look, a flyer in DFS. And if you're in season long, you should be playing him. Fair enough. Um, you are so active. You're the most active person during this podcast. You, I, Thank you for sending me all those R. Kelly videos. So, <laughs> yeah, if, no problem. so if you were curious what me and Josh do while the other one's talking, uh, uh-huh. while I talk, Josh sends me YouTube clips to R. Kelly videos. And then while Josh is talking, I watch those videos. So that's what's happening <laughs> exactly. behind the scenes. Uh, I watched a, a gun uh, 8,000 video in between that just to make sure I didn't have something better to send you than what I did. So. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, just a few more here josh and then we'll bring it home maybe the biggest news that will come out of today dirk nowitzki is dealing with swelling in his right knee and has been ruled out for wednesday's game against the timberwolves now automatically charlie villain charlie villanueva or young dwight powell which one would you consider uh the favorite to start or rather see more minutes I'm guessing they're going to give Charlie V the start, but I actually like Dwight Powell's game a little bit better than Charlie V because Charlie V is sort of like dependent on those long jumpers and shooting threes and, you know, not being a head case on the floor. Dwight Powell has been super solid and will do the dirty work that can get you fancy points, even if he doesn't score a ton, like rebound, block shots, you know, things things of that sort. I think the, the, the flip side of this is you want all the Zaza Pachulia that you can get. Um, in this matchup, um, uh, in, in this spot too, this is a guy who's always played, you know, ha- ha- um, big minutes in the floor, and they're going to need him to be an even bigger factor in terms of rebounding and just hold down the paint altogether there as well. So uh, Zaza Pachulia is going to be like a lock chalk play for me in DFS on Wednesday. Now let me say this: the next thing I was going to get to is that actually beginning the day, uh, Pachulia was considered questionable with an Achilles injury. Since then, he has been upgraded to probable, so there'd be a seventy-five percent chance he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Does that does that temper? your expectations for him tonight or do you still think that if he's on the court he's a good lock it's the same amount of lock that you just said yeah uh, no if he's on the court he's playing too i mean it's not like he's you you, you need you're worried about him like athletically because he's not like a slasher or a big time scorer or something like that you just need him to be on the floor and use his basketball IQ the way that he does and it's a good um uh, matchup over you know against a young front line uh, in carl anthony towns and i mean you take a look this the most consistent guy that you could possibly come up with at the center position like he is literally a lock for 30 fancy points in dfs and five times value that's your 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 booking value and you just go figure out the rest of your lineup elsewhere in, in cash games Put Zaza in there and then worry about the rest of your lineup later. A couple of humdrum point guards, point guard notes that we'll finish up with here, Josh. Sticking with the Mavericks, Raymond Felton has been ruled out for Wednesday's game against the Timberwolves with a left eye with left eye swelling. I think he uh, hit the eye on the Again, for DFS consideration, do you lean towards anyone in particular knowing that one of those four is out tonight? Well, I mean, as long as Darren Williams is active in the lineup, he's been he's paid off 6.3 times the price tag in two of the last three games. And Ricky Rubio, no one's ever been scared of him. Some people might mistake him for a, like a, a JV high school player the way that he looks like you know, with his slight build on the floor. So I, I think it's you, especially now that you know Dirk is out of the lineup and Darren Williams has been known in his career to sort of uh, you know, take some extra shots. This is his chance to score 20 points again and return that extra value for you in your lineup. So I do like that call. Darren Williams, arguably the best player in overtime this year in the entire NBA. Go look at his numbers. 
Pretty wow. Good. Okay. All right. Pretty good. He's he's come through in the clutch in overtime games, uh, or in the overtime period of overtime games. I should be very specific with that. Uh, remember, Rondo kicking him. That's how good he was. Rondo needed <laughs> to kick him to make him stop playing good in overtime. Anyways, um, I don't know if that game went to overtime. Whatever. We're going to move on. Uh, Darren Williams uh, is surprisingly did, well. This that was season. the heartbreaker game, by the way. They went to yes. double OT, and he hit that crazy three. I just have to balance this pot out, man. If you're going to bring out the Kings for no reason at all, I just have to, you know, harsh <laughs> memories are going to be inserted into this pot as well. Feel free to trash on the Thunder if you want to. I mean, I guess it's 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 a little tough to do that because, you know, they're just so good. But. No, that's not ha- – well, I will say the I think the Oklahoma City Thunder lost – Two one Sacramento Kings here <laughs> earlier. Uh, was Kevin Durant playing? I don't believe he was. You know, Mine, who, well, you always have to get into the minutia of yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, the minutia <laughs> of missing the, one of the best players in the league. Uh, <laughs> this is not going to turn into a fan podcast. I'm, I'm, we're still very partial. We can we can analyze our own teams that we like, and I, arguably we analyze them more critically than we would any other team. So, sure. last note, Josh. Patrick Beverly is listed as questionable for Wednesday's game against the Pistons. Mm-hmm. If he, let's just say he's not playing tonight, we still don't know. We'll find out, and you can find out later on tonight on RotoWire.com. We'll have that up as quick as possible. Jason Terry has started in the past over Ty Lawson. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of DFS, because that's what we're rolling with here right now, right. Ty Lawson or Jason Terry if Beverly is out tonight. Can I just light a $20 bill on fire instead? Of that is a perfectly options. acceptable answer. Because okay. I think you're right. I think you're right that you actually stay away from both. Yeah. Um, here, I'm going to give you the cheat code here. You want to talk about what I'm doing with my lineup? I gave you Zaja. I'll give you two more. I'm locking Rajon Rondo against the LA Lakers because they're terrible to point guard position. Lou Williams and um, uh, D'Angelo Russell can't guard anyone. And I'm going with Darren Williams uh, as well. Those two spots. Those are the two spots I'm definitely uh, going to be targeting there. That's the the single worst and the second worst in terms of uh, fancy points allowed to the point guard position in the LA Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. There you go. Thank me later. You're welcome. I like it, Josh. I, too, will actually be rolling out with those particular players. So um, uh, consensus here from the guys from Rotowire. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us. Josh, any lasting words of wisdom? I uh, just want to say uh, that uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, grossly overrated. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Fair <laughs> just wanted to, hey, no, now, no, I feel I, like I, I poked a sleeping bear for the rest of the season on this podcast. Right, Maybe third best team in the NBA behind Golden State and the Sacramento Kings. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end on that. Thanks so much for joining us. We're, we really enjoy being here. We really enjoy your listenership. Thanks so much. Um, if you need to reach us on Twitter, ask us a question. We, we answer every single question we get on Twitter. So our Twitter handles will be in the show notes, and we can do that next week, this time on Wednesday. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening.